The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm Jack Newman. And I'm Bobby Pike. And I'm Ben Howard. Slow on the uptake, but he's still there. No worries. <laughs> How are you guys doing? doing pretty well yeah 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 well this week we're gonna be looking uh, we were we had a little nice holiday i don't think we've actually had a holiday at the the movie gang podcast um since we started i know we did when when we first started because we had several uh the first couple of weeks were about two weeks apart before we went to a a weekly phase um but yeah this is be our first holiday and uh it's nice i'm feel back i'm back i'm feel refreshed i don't know about you guys but uh it's nice it's nice labor day it's a yeah. weird holiday. <laughs> I liked having a weekend. It was really yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is a weird <laughs> it, holiday. Exactly. Right it is like part. it's just it's just a very, very strange out of place holiday, but for whatever reason, it cannot die like every other holiday. <laughs> <laughs> like my like for whatever I don't know, like there's gotta be like some law. I don't know like the specifics of it. Like somebody who's like a like a law person needs to tell me. Um <laughs> Sean um but (laughs) (laughs) it needs to like like there's some reason that like you know because like every other holiday seems to like get except for like Martin Luther Day and like major like Christian holidays seem to like get battened down um or like you know over time it's just like yeah you don't have time off for Columbus Day you idiot (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah all right well this week we saw like Thanksgiving a lot of times you just ruined my intro. Yeah, <laughs> <No worries. laughs> yeah, I think I'm on a delay from you guys because I I think I I'm interrupting in weird ways. <laughs> my apologies. No worries. No worries. Our uh, like, one of our brain. evergreen casts was a little bit contentious. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> All right. This week we went and saw The Light Between Oceans, which follows the adventures of Tom Sherborne, a lighthouse keeper and war veteran, and his wife, Isabel. After arriving on the coast in a post-World War I Western Australia, one day the couple rescues a baby girl who was washed up adrift on a rowboat and decides to informally adopt her as their own, whom they name Lucy. But as Lucy grows older, Tom and Isabel discover the consequences of raising the child when a visit to the mainland and an encounter with a particular woman threatens to break apart their blissful their blissfully happy family yeah um this movie is gorgeous and it is i think uh this is gonna win like a jack subtle cinematography award um i think because of the subject matter this is like it's i know it's i know it's like australia supposedly but like but damn like my north carolina heart loves them me some lighthouses <laughs> and it is some beautiful lighthouse porn from a cinematography perspective oh yeah if you love lighthouses no yeah. exactly oh man I, like, I have like a deep deep like kind of love to be tom a little bit yeah. just that term of like you know of yeah. just like a guy who runs the lighthouse and meets like one of the most attractive women on the planet right that's one of the things but you meet a lady and like just live in a lighthouse. Oh, that just sounds awesome. Like, it just sounds like the greatest life. Do you know, like, people will just, shots. like, pay We're me just... money to go, like, live by myself and not 
fuck with the rest of society. Yeah, like it's like it's like that game, uh, that game uh, Firewatch. Like you can just go live in the forest and no one has to bother you. Like people will pay you to do these things. Like I mean, it's <laughs> plus again the added like, oh, I might fall in love with this lady. Too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like I, I have to admit, part of me like at the beginning of the movie, I was like, I really hope this is just some sort of like fever dream. Like Alicia Vikander comes out of nowhere. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, he was asleep and dying in World War Two, World War One, the whole time. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen from like a film standpoint, but like, because like it definitely deals with like the guilt is the biggest issue that's going through the movie, and like I do really think it does a great job of like making you feel guilty along with them because you totally understand them, but at the same time, it's uh i see why the book is so popular because the book is very popular but it is more of like a romance version of uh, crime and punishment it reminded me a lot of crime and punishment the same way of like they do kind of get away with it and the only reason that um rachel weiss's character finds out is because tom is just so guilt-ridden right basically gives her the info right to the point that he gets right. uh, caught you know it's it's not a case of what i thought where it was going to be uh you know, they find the body or like, you know, a dog would pull it up or something like weird like that. Um, but it, or the rattle particularly, I was like, oh, obviously they show the rattle. So they're going to, someone's going to be in the house. And they're going to see the rattle. But it's like, oh no, he sends her the rattle on purpose. Like uh, that was the, I think probably why the book for me is probably much more beloved. And maybe the movie is not hitting with people strongly I don't, because it is a very internal yeah. I don't think movie. this like is... you can see like I feel like if you hear from Tom's voice or anything like that it would be maybe a little bit more This is another and Jack's like so a, a likens the world just... to anime corner like one of the things that's that's really great and weird <laughs> is um you'll see that light novel adaptations like there's the written word and people tend to write things in different ways and when you adapt it into like a physical anime it you can tell that it's a light novel because like things and situations will be resolved through something that you could write as dialogue so like and it's really funny because all of a sudden a character will just go into this insanely intense exposition and that's the issue is like this is this is an exposition kind of movie and it's told and it's 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 like one of those things where like characters don't like no one rattles off exposition but like you know they they're trying to create the feeling and vibe through the imagery um to replace a lot and it doesn't quite make it yeah, I mean, this this movie has a lot of story to it. I mean, we start from the very beginning of the couple meeting, you know, all the way until, you know, they die. I mean, this is, there's a lot of story that they shove into the film, which is very clear that it's a book-to-movie adaptation because of the amount of plot that they managed to cram into it. And I do think they do a pretty good job overall um, covering, like, the full extent of the plot. A couple moments felt a little rushed, but... Overall, mm-hmm. I did think that they they covered a lot of ground. They, and it didn't it didn't feel um, too lengthy or too pushed. And for most of it, the uh, the ending I felt was a tad bit abrupt. Um, oh yeah. I I, no. I just um, you know the the scene where you have um, the uh, the daughter uh, driving up in the car and you, you know you go immediately from um, you know uh, what's her face's character dying to um the uh the long lost daughter returning that happened so quickly and i felt that there should have been an extra beat a transitional moment in between those mo- the, those two scenes um but the movie kind of was running out of time well the, part of my problem with the movie is that um obviously the, they chose to focus on mike fassbender so that makes right. sense like 
you know, you start with him and you go to him. But I feel like the two women in the movie have a more interesting story in a sense. Obviously, it is about guilt and things like that. But I think we lose a lot, A, because we don't read Rachel Weiss for a long time. I think if maybe if it was more of a parallel story where you were seeing her love story in longer stories and then you see him wash up on the beach, it might be a little bit more invested but it's all of a sudden it's like oh Rachel Weiss in this movie so like now we need a montage to show how much like her husband meant to her and why it's such a painful loss for her now well, and, she almost comes um, off as the villain um which I think was kind of a disservice to yeah, the character because I I mean I don't I I what I like about the film is that we're examining um choices that people make and how you know they affect things in the long run and both characters make understandable choices you know reeling from the loss of her miscarriages of course you'd want to adopt that baby if you found it washed up on the beach you can understand the mentality and the motivation behind that at the same time Rachel Weiss's character really comes off as the villain taking this child away from what she calls her mother even though she's truly the mother and she hasn't done anything wrong and um I don't know I just I wish they would have spent more time emotionally with her character and like the struggle of her, her, you know, decisions to keep her family, because um, I kind it just she she comes off bad. Hmm. I don't think she comes off bad for no. me, but I can see where you're I see- coming from. Like I think they do try hard to to have her be sympathetic, and they think there's a real pain of seeing her. But I think the problem is if you saw her with the baby first, <laughs> and then uh, had that emotion, and then see her with the child, and the child rejects her, then. It, lands a lot harder like for me you're right it's more just like it almost feels like oh damn it just let alicia vikander raise the damn baby yeah. sometimes so like i could see why that could come across i don't think there was intention but maybe that's uh, an accidental problem just in terms of how they structured the film yeah i'm not sure whether it was intentional or not and i don't think it was um i just think that you kind of humanize her uh, through their love story um with what was his name um the german um and yeah you don't get you just you don't get to spend a lot of time with her and you don't get a lot of her emotional development until like the back 30 minutes of the film and then you get a little bit but you've spent so much time um with all the other characters and their emotional development in relation to the child that i think that um it's just i wish they would have spent more time with her i guess is my big regret for the film See, I, I disagree because, she, I mean, she has this great feel as, like, this oncoming wall of reality. Um, I, I agree that, like, the way she's played is not... Um, I guess for me, like, the way they worshipped Lucy and, like, because they, they, like, worship her. And it's and it's just, like, it's such a loving environment um, for that child um, that, like, mm-hmm. the way they worship her, it's, like, you, you automatically have built up. You Like, you, you, you've been along with parents that had this extreme attachment to their own child. So, for me, like, I just, I instantly understood her. And, like, for me, she was just this wall of modernity coming out to arrest the... Uh, their kind of little beautiful happy island type of deal. Um, I, this is one thing was like where like I understand because I haven't read the book. I understand that there's probably like some really great metaphors at work in the writing that are not coming through in the film. Um, has anyone like because is anyone else getting that? Like because I, I feel like you know like Isabel probably represents something else and Lucy represents and I think these characters are like there's something beautiful and some sort of like internally internal deep metaphor that makes me want to read the book but I'm not getting it purely through the film the film is I feel like this is at least a structure maybe that's different than I wonder I think maybe, maybe the structure is the same in the book right. I don't know but I, I agree too like there is like a 
a kind of beautiful thing of like you're right like uh, as she's sitting over the grave of her two lost children yeah. a book with a corpse comes on with a live child there's something yeah visually there, there, you're right there's like a deeper sort of artistic well, metaphor especially going on the there island itself and the on... lighthouse and um and like the boat and like and between yeah. two oceans like there's, literally there's, two there's oceans a lot of play it, you know, which doesn't isn't like really explained very well in the movie that i imagine because again i'm not a book reader i do not know so maybe i'm just wrong but, but maybe even so like the way it's put together like like it is it, it's it's a perfect island except for this one thing and then their prayers are answered but it's kind of like this kind of judas apple type of deal you know where they where she bites the forbidden fruit and it's kind of like paradise i got all, i get all this like eve and genesis um sort of like imagery from from this situation because they're in this perfect paradise but she she accepts like an sin and then it comes in and it slowly destroys them it's and that's that's like the whole thing yeah, Which it's is like weird. she got right, everything. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of she biblical... got everything she ever wanted, but it also took everything away from her, basically. Yeah. Right, and by sinning to get what she wanted, like it, it was the downfall of yeah, everything. Right, her whole right, family, yeah, her totally. whole life. Right. You know, it's it was a very um, it's a tragic story. It really is. I Do mean, you guys think it needs to be more than that though to be a good film? Because I don't know why I'm cold on this. Because I am cold. I, I am I'm cold. not. Well, I Hold think uh, I, I really did enjoy I'm it. Not, I, I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying I'm just like cold, and which is bad because like not to be offensive, but like lighthouses, bro, motherfucking lighthouses. They're like <laughs> the erections of the mind. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just saying, like in hand, they like, picked a great lighthouse. Oh yeah, I, I heard they went to like a couple hundred lighthouses, and that oh, was yeah. good it, it was choice. A, that was a great. Was somebody, somebody needs and... to be like I don't know, giving some like um you know like scout like Oscar yeah for, uh, scouting yeah. <laughs> Which really there should be sometimes. Like sometimes I see locations in the Lord of the Rings and I'm like, damn, they were not paying their scouting division enough. <laughs> they were just not paying them enough. <laughs> Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Uh, I think part of my issue is uh, I know a lot about Derek C. in France. Uh, for those who don't know, he's directed two films before this, Blue mm-hmm. Valentine and uh, Place Beyond the Pines. Two very interesting films. Also the deal with structure. And maybe that's why it's more interesting to me that this one is my least favorite of his it has sort of the most traditional structure because uh blue valentine kind of interestingly tells a, a love story uh kind of concurrently from the end and the beginning and uh, place beyond the pines has this sort of interesting sort of three generational um sort of story arc that's really interesting uh but he's he's sort of known for like uh people falling in love in his movies <laughs> michael fassman or alicia vikander like sort of the big deals that they fell in love while making this movie and uh part of the reason is that he just has this whole thing of Living in the moment, like um, uh, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams when they made Blue Valentine, they actually like lived together for five like whole weeks, and they filmed things and pretend to be the characters the whole time. So he gets into this big like method thing, but he also does a sort of Terrence Malick thing where he filmed like two hundred hours of Michael Fassbender just on the island doing, you know, like living as Tom and being Tom for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, but I think it's weird because you're right, like. Um, Bobby, that there's a lot of yeah. plot here. So I feel like there's a bit of a weird parallel between like the Terrence Malick, not as plot heavy, more emotional, more atmospheric, scenic version, and then the we gotta tell a plot, it's a melodrama, the characters are important, the situations, the plot twists are important, and I think it that clashes. There's like a weird clash to me between like that ethereal style and the melodramatic 
plot-driven yeah, story. Yeah, there was a lot of talking, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it, just the thing thing I love so much about this movie is I was just in awe of how beautiful it was. I mean, the cinematography is just amazing, and the location is gorgeous. Yeah, I want to... just, uh, there's so much good about that, and, like, the way they, they put the music in there, and it's just, there's so much beauty in the film, and I almost felt like there was just too much plot for how gorgeous it was because that means you have to have a lot of just just dialogue you know um and that i think that might have been my biggest uh hitch with the film is i would Mm -hmm. like i would i liked the quiet moments you know i liked the still shots and the the wind sounds and the wave sounds and the you know just when you get to look at the scenery and you get the the tight 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 shot of the actors individual faces i really liked that part um and i almost wish there was more of it so i have to bring up something about uh the cinematographer and because this isn't this is this is arkapa yeah arkapa he has done three movies as a director of cinematography and they are all michael fassbender movies (laughs) it's just just weird because it's 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 macbeth um, the Light Between Oceans and Assassin's Creed are his three movies he's done. Yeah. And they're all... It is just, that is an interesting combination. Ones, yeah. It's weird. Well, well, Macbeth director has directed Assassin's Creed. So I guess. Sense. But yeah, like, weird he worked in... He likes to shoot Michael Fassner's <laughs> face. And I don't no, think. he does a good job. He does a good job. <laughs> I mean, he's also, he also does... He's also done True Direct. True Detective. So he's got oh. some... I mean, that's. I think that's the thing that he, like, he might cut his teeth on. Okay. I mean, he obviously did Top of the Lake beforehand, but uh, didn't. Um, no, Top of the Lake is no, no, exactly. I think I think Top of the Lake was where he was discovered, and then he got trusted enough to do that, and then True Detective got all the praise it did, and then he did Macbeth, and you can say what you want about Macbeth, but it was yeah. fucking gorgeous. Um, God, it was it's gorgeous. Really <laughs> yeah, he's the only real reason I'm super excited for uh, Assassin's Creed. Uh, Assassin's Creed. He's like it's like him, Michael Fassbender, and then the director, and then. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to be. Able, <laughs> I don't know, Ben. I don't think he's going to be able to make like the lift arm animus thing work. I don't think anyone's going to. Like, I'm sorry. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm going to go into theaters. I'm going to see this thing, and I'm going to be like, Oh my god, that's stupid. This is going to happen because the Assassin's Creed core uh, like conceit of its story was something they weirdly tried, it's and then dumb. they just got stuck with because they didn't want to remake it. Well, and it's. It's also the problem of, of that it's in universe. Like it's Ubisoft wanted it to be canon. Yeah. So like they have to keep all that stupid fucking mythology that ruins that, those. Exactly. Games. It's so the same sort of thing. They, they can't ignore kill it. it. But like, still, if they it's one of those don't. things. Like we talk about like Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Like Demon Souls is the first one, but because they lights lock, lost the rights to it, they made Dark Souls. Dark Souls is an infinitely better story than Demon Souls. Like sometimes like your secondary like instincts and once you've gone around with it like you get a better story out of it and it's one of those things that i'm like they're just stuck with this half-baked idea and it's going to get half-baked into the movie and that movie is going to be half-baked because of it i don't know if you half-bake an idea into a half-baked movie if that gets you a whole bake but i don't i don't really know where i'm going with this <laughs> sorry well let's get yeah. back to the movie we are talking about yeah i mean gorgeous but uh yeah our, our yeah he's he's a really really talented director uh, i I think the first film I saw him with uh, was uh, uh, Animal Kingdom, this really excellent Australian uh, uh, crime thriller. He just, you're right, like the close-ups in particular. I don't know anybody who kind of frames close-ups in a more interesting yeah. 
sort of they're human so way. It's tight. a weird thing to say. You know? The lighting, the lighting, they're yeah. using some different sort of like they're doing such a way to like cut them. Like he's almost making like like a tableau of like their the backdrop and then the actor and then he cuts their. It's almost like he's cutting their face onto the background and it creates these ah oh, it creates these great like like moment shots and I was just like God, it's like a beach photography orgasm and as somebody who lives in north carolina and does a lot of beach photography um god i wish i was that good <laughs> i'm just saying like i know he's got a crew and stuff but like but like fuck yeah i i just i loved i loved those really tight close-ups and i really liked how he would often um you know silhouette like fassbender in particular and like the ethereal light so you just barely yeah. saw his outline but you get like full shot of just this light and then you know his figure slightly in the light and that i mean it's just it was it was stunningly beautiful the cinematography Un- of that film. unpopular opinion i kind of want michael fassbender to become less popular so he ends <laughs> up in secondary roles um because i like i like him there better than as a leading man a little bit sometimes i feel like he pl- oh, really? i feel like he plays a lot of like secondary roles and like because he's just he's so cut like it's hard for me to believe him as kind of the sad sack sometimes you know he, he doesn't he doesn't feel very every man <laughs> to me sometimes and i just like like i just i could see him more as this one of like a, a guy who like separated himself from society but i understand like with the movie Frank, at yeah. the very least, he had a, a giant um, some thing on his head. There's some element of, like, self-insert, and it just doesn't work because you can't self-insert yourself, or at least I definitely can't. I wouldn't fit inside Michael Fassbender. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, it's cut. Well, that's why, like, he's so perfect in Glorious Bastards because he is just playing the most Exactly! Exactly! I mean, that's the thing. It's like he could be the most charming motherfucker in the room. That's exactly what he needs to play. Or, like, James Bond or something. Like, I'm not self-inserting to James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> having a homoerotic moment to James Bond. That's the that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're all a little gay for oh. No, exactly. I mean, I just think it's like a this is not and, and that's the thing is like, you know, there's scenes like 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 this movie was really great at like making me really enjoy him watching like write a letter. <laughs> yeah. I love like I got right. such flashbacks to um oh my god, I've done way too many video game references. Like the main movie gang people are gonna be like, What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> um but uh what is it, Ben? You know, it's by the Chinese room. Uh God Dear Esther. Um Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh yeah, totally like Dear Esther. And and there there are certain like I said, that Malik thing where when you focus on a, a tight close ups on people's faces, you have to have someone who's memorable right. and has an interesting image and he's totally one of those people uh i'm excited for his his own terrence malick movie waitlist is finally going to come out um and uh he he just has that kind of face he has a very he does a lot with his eyes is what i've always appreciated about fassbender he can say a lot carries a lot of sadness in his eyes in a very very expressive those tight shots really carried i liked how much and i liked how much they don't focus on the world war one veteran thing like they've mentioned it a lot but like it's never like he doesn't have really a ptsd he never like there's no flashbacks which i super appreciate you just feel the weight on his shoulder that's what i really appreciate you just know he saw horrible stuff and hates kind of hates society 
or yeah. at the very least once yeah. you just see the sadness in his eyes and i think that's for me it's like it's like i'm never gonna say michael fassbender is a bad actor i mean clearly he is an amazing actor and that's yeah. the thing is like i'm not dishing him as a leading man i'm just saying like he's one of these people that like he's like he's stanley so Tucci. he's like this guy that's just gonna he's gonna steal the show in a secondary role and that's where i want him to be and i understand oh. that the money's not there so i respect his decisions <laughs> You gotta, you gotta do Assassin's Creed sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you gotta I be know. Magneto. Well, uh, he's great as Magneto. Because again, he, he again, he's not, he's not leading man. Like I have no problem with him as a villain. In fact, I think that he could do. He does some amazing villain turns, um, and especially as Magneto, you know, smartest mutant in the room type of deal. He, he does a good job with that. So. <laughs> I've always said that my ultimate um, X Men movie would be a uh, just a long two hour chess game between <laughs> uh, Magneto and Professor X, and just like directed by Richard Linklater, <laughs> just like just talking, just conversation. Yeah. Everyone would hate it, and I'd be like, "Yes!" They literally, the like the first wanted. move, he just like does something entirely wrong. He just like takes his king and puts it on the opposite side of a board, and like takes a pawn or something, and he's like, "Oh, how interesting." <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this will be something, an interesting. Something like game, they're just like it? moving the pieces, like just to be as stupid as possible. <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah. eats a piece. Oh my mm, god, risky move. He's like, ooh, risky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, like, I think that my my biggest thing is like again, this is this left me. I, like I said, this left me cold. Um, because it, it's, it's very interesting and it's trying to pull on my emotional heartstrings, but I want there to be, I want there, maybe I'm stupid. And like, here's the thing is like, we talk about, you know, your secondary and third and ter- tertiary viewings of movies. And this is one of those things where I'm looking at this and I was like, if I read more of the book and read into like what sort of metaphorically is supposed to be happening in terms of this, like if I go pick up a spark notes and then I go back and watch it and I could like look for the, that it might, or at least I think it's more to the extent that like I imagine my imagination would fill the holes of this movie with kind of the metaphor that's going on in there. Like the metaphor and like stuff like Lord of the flies is unfucking believable. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know that it always, I mean, but that like immediately translates to film in such a good way. Like when they kill people, piggy with the rock and it's just so violent and it's so shockingly violent like i'll never forget that as a child just being like horribly freaked the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) about mankind like exactly it's it's just like a horrifying fucking moment where where we like just you know do almost self-destruction it's 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 amazing but i i think that's the thing is like you know this movie, I'll, I can't forget the fact that the first time i watched this movie those themes whatever they may be did not come through for me and i and i won't forget that and I think right. that's why I'm ultimately going to be maybe a bit more negative on this one. I think I'm leaning that way a bit. Uh, we'll see. Well, I agree that it, it's a very literary movie. You know, it's, a, it's a term that means nothing, but gets <laughs> it's sort of oh, literary uh, Ben. Yeah, literary. <laughs> literary but it, it has that kind of uh, tip. Mm. <laughs> You seen the new movie about <laughs> Philip Roth? Oh. <laughs> oh. That's how I feel when I go see Indignation or Little Man. Oh, we've seen a literary movie today. <laughs> see the new Iris Sacks. Me and the Queen got a spot uh, of lunch and went to see a literary movie. <laughs> oh, God, you guys. It's a term against Bandy to Bow, but typically it means a movie that is, yeah, that, that quieter movie that isn't sort of 
as in your face. And I totally agree, Jack. I think with films, I kind of do love metaphors, maybe even too right. in your face sometimes. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Devil's Backbone, right. which I will probably try to get on an no, evergreen episode at some no, point. I, and it has one of those metaphors that once you see it connect, I'm just like, mm, yes, yes, writing, yes. <laughs> like, this doesn't <laughs> yeah. have that. No. And it's not sort of aiming for that. It is more of this subtle, like we said, like you can kind of see there's a bit of a biblical religious metaphor. There's a bit of crime and punishment in here. There's a bit of... Uh, you know, sort of a uh, death illusionary ideas, you know, but there's no like one theme, like, oh, the rabble meets this, you know, so it is more just like a general kind of vibe, yeah. which is maybe a little harder to grasp We're onto sometimes. Wiping, you know, like, uh, I think, I think, yeah. I, I think my thing is like, you know, some like, you know, I, I don't think there is such a thing as a literary movie because like some things translate and some things don't um, like Lord of the Flies translates oh. well because there's not a lot of dialogue. Like it's a very physical thing. It's what's physically happening and the physical transformation that happens. And it's more in description, description, heavy books work. Whereas you have some things like, I don't think of like a fucking, like a, like a book of the lobster would make any goddamn sense. And it would be vastly no. annoying. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a movie that can only really be expressed through the movie medium. Yes. And I think I appreciate it when the, the story and what's happening feels tailored to the medium we're viewing it in because i mean you hate to watch a medium yeah. and go man i really wish i read the book <laughs> you know like that's not a good experience totally, and that's totally. all i could think about during this movie i was like i wonder what that means i should really read the book like that that was i must have thought that at least five times in this movie and for me like a movie that like it should stand alone and i don't feel it. i don't feel it does i don't feel it does or at least it's at least I'm not. I, I can read into enough. it. Enough. I just I, can I don't have enough. I don't. There's not enough. There's not enough. It's not subtle enough to read into. I don't know. I mean, I think this this movie is great if, if you. I mean, if you separate it from the book, you know, it's not. I haven't read the book either, and yeah, I'm sure I there's a bunch yeah. of literary themes, and there's. I mean, I'm sure they they really Bobby, nail home the Bobby, concept I'm saying of like, the light between oceans in the actual book, and I'm sure there's a lot a lot of depth there. I think this movie does do well as a movie. You know, there's a lot of story. It's engaging. It's emotionally and it, it invests you. Um, no, but what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. That's why it's saying it's cold. Like it's just telling us like this this like tragic story. And to me, like, you know, if you're going to have tragedy, it has to be in surface of that. And like the thematic nature of it is not driving through for me. And so that thing, it's like, it's like, I, I'm not like comparing it to the book. Like if I did not know there was a book, I'd still be cold on it. Like I'm saying like, I am the ultimate separated person because I didn't read the book and I'm still like, I hope there's more to this in the book. You know what I mean? I, I, I am, I, just I really, I thought it was a really redemptive film, you know, like I, Ugh. you know, it's the, the characters make choices that whether or not you agree with them, you can understand their motivations for them. I never said I didn't disagree with them. I said I just think that, like, you can understand what's happening. I'm just saying it's not delivered in a – like, why are we shooting it in such a in such a style to, like, why do we have these kind of – like, the geography of this movie is, is so set up and then so not used is my issue. Okay. I, I mean, I see where you're coming from. I just, I really, I did think this film was warm and I thought it was developed and I thought it was appealing. And, you know, is it, is it my favorite movie that we've watched thus far? No, but I did really enjoy it. And I think there's a lot of really good things about it. And, um, I mean, I, I just think it's emotionally investing. I, 
I can understand why you felt cold afterwards, but I, I didn't. I felt very warm to this film, and I still do. I mean, I understand that. I just and I feel like yeah, for me the the, the theme that worked really well was sort of the theme of yeah. guilt, like right? Said, guilt, no, no, no. Uh, crime punishment, but it was also like I think the idea of survivor's guilt was very interesting in the film too. That was, you know, basically Fassbender is willing to give up his life because he feels like he shouldn't even be alive. That uh, somehow, some way, either in one particular instance where maybe everyone died and he didn't, or just the general fact that so many people didn't come home from that war, uh, he, he constantly feels like he doesn't know why he's there. So when he's sort of given this opportunity, he almost jumps at the opportunity to nobly sacrifice himself for the good of his wife because it's better than sort of living, which feels um, unearned, which is very yeah, interesting, I, I think. I think as an aspiration of survivor's guilt, that's not something you usually yeah, see. Yeah, I thought his motivation when he was in prison film. and basically like refusing to give up his wife as a, you know, a member of the plot and willing to, to die for her because he was going to be you know tried for murder and everything like that. I thought that was the, the motivations and the uh, the dialogue and that section of the film I really enjoyed. I especially liked when you know she finally reads the letter that he'd written, you know, like weeks before and then, you know, the the plot continues forward. I really I enjoyed that section. The motivations felt very strong to me at that point. Jack disagrees. <laughs> I don't disagree. I don't. Dis- I don't. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I think. I think this is this is classic you and me, Bobby, where we're we're both giving it like the same score and still he's screaming at each other. Um, I'm not screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Bobby. You're very aggressive. Like tone tone your woman aggression down. Just oh, bring it yeah. down. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm no. joking. That's a good oh, idea. No. There are two women in the podcast. Let's tell them oh, to put their womanly no. aggressions aside. That's a good uh, idea. You know I'm teasing. Just chill. <laughs> just chill you're so aggressive so aggressive um i i mean i think i think my thing is that like for me like i think you're right so the core tragedy is good it's representative crime and punishment the guilt and everything that's happening in there is is good i think the thing is that this movie like um for me it sets up a lot more than what happens Does that make sense? So like for me, it's like it's like they're setting up all this extra stuff that isn't flying around like the like I I, I had this very like, is that it type of thing with this movie? Um, I was like, what does that mean? And I think that's I think that's what what it is, is like it feels like there are other things in play and meanings to what's happening. And And I was obfuscated and couldn't see the deeper meaning. And maybe I'm just wrong in assuming there's a deeper meaning to it. Like, I think there is. I just wish that it had come through. A better, or maybe I was just smarter and understood whatever it was fuck was trying to say. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I agree with like the like clearly the guilt and the crime and punishment angle. Like I agree with that, but the, but I I definitely feel like the movie was trying to be deeper than it actually was. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the problem is, I mean, obviously you can cram more imagery, more stuff into a book. You can have three hundred pages of a book, and you can only have two and a half hours of a movie. And I think that's part of Probably. The problem is that there's, there's, you know, you, they, you run out of time. Things have to get cut. You can't include every detail of, you know, of all the significance and all the imagery and whatnot. And I think at a certain point, you know, they had to make choices on what could be included. And again, for listeners, for all the three of us know, like, you could open this book and it could just be a description 
of the author's bowel movements on a daily basis for a year. Like that's all we literally don't know what happens. So yeah, going we, into this blind is purely just the movie. Um, and we have very different, uh, I think a very, very different interpretations of what's happening. And I think that's the thing is like, you know, I wanted, uh, I wanted this to go, um, more surreal a little bit, I guess is weird. It's interesting as much, as much as I enjoyed the lighthouse porn. <laughs> and I really, I really, I'll give it a good score because I really enjoyed the lighthouse porn. Like this is, this is, good, this is what lighthouse. I delete out of my history afterwards. <laughs> like, when you're, when I die, like somebody, no, almost <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's all these lighthouses? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a beautiful, beautifully shot movie there were some yeah. really gorgeous points yeah. of it and if we're being honest that goes a long way for jack and Seriously. letter writing i love letter writing i love i love like the love story i love the initial bits of it i i don't know maybe maybe i also felt like this underlying a- a- element of sexism and like the double i don't know not sexism per se it's not sexist by any stretch but <sighs> i don't know I, I, it, maybe. Yeah, but I it's, think it's something I'm uncomfortable talking about, like, uh, like, you know, you know, women because like it's Tom in the middle and these women on either side of him um, and he's like push and pulled. And I think the women represent forces. And so I, I have like a little bit of this little bit of uncomfortability using like a woman who's had two miscarriages as like an example of uh, not she's she's a little bit like she's the one that pushes the envelope, you know. And like, and like when she hits him, yeah. I'm like, oh, don't make her into like just crazy. I don't know. Like, don't don't make women out to be that. Like, sometimes men are more. I don't know. Well, I think like, it's I, also a period piece. I mean, we also have to remember, like, this is a an okay, era well, it, film. Well, I mean, it's a period piece, right? But he also is saying that like, it, since it's her idea initially, and it's more like he's going along with it for the longest time. Like, he breaks up with it. You know what I mean? Like, it it could be viewed as like her causing all the problems no and i think that's the other thing is like the genesis metaphor that i got before of like her partaking her dirtying him by partaking of the sin like i got a strong metaphor and right. i was not totally comfortable with it it's like but it's it's in the same way as like gone girl like like if gone girl was written by a man it'd be totally unacceptable so i don't know if that's like my personal views or what like but you know what i mean no, it got, like no, a, a, right. like a man could not write Gone Girl. It would be a, wo- a totally, woman wrote this book too, yeah. completely so, yeah, yeah, unacceptable. Like, and I think that I think that's the point is that <laughs> uh, you know you can't like a guy can't express women like this. And so like when I see him like this, I, I feel like a little bit uncomfortable. I was like, oh god, please let please let a woman have written this. <laughs> God, please let a woman have wrote this. I, I didn't really even interpret her actions as like crazy or anything like that. That wasn't the vibe that I got. I really just, I saw it as, you know, she's a grief stricken person who, you know, after suffering two miscarriages, just wants more than anything in the world to be a mother. And then she's presented the opportunity to be a mother. And she, even though it's like kind of a morally bad decision, you can also totally understand where she's coming from. And yeah, she, I mean, she does, you know, convince you know, her husband to go along with it. But I, I didn't, I guess I didn't perceive her as being like crazy or, you know, like ruining him or sullying him or anything like that. I thought that both of their motivations made a lot of sense. And it was all about just trying to create like, what is a family? Okay. It is September. Oh shit. It is September 11th. It is um, indeed. 
I was about to make a point about the date. Oh, I just wanted no, to say I literally, that. I was about to make a point about the date and time and be like, oh, Bobby, next time you say anything sexist, I'm going to bring this moment up. Um, and it was September 11th. So that was dark. That was Never dark. Forget. Oh, you Never fuck! <laughs> you fuck, that. Ben! <laughs> Jesus. Never forget that he told Bobby that on, on this September day. September 11th at 5.52 or 4.52 in the afternoon, Texas time. Um, yeah. Yeah. You've lost your right to call things sexist, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really, I don't, I don't think this was a sexist moment in the film. I, I, I don't quite No, under- no, it's okay. I think it's from my perspective. And I think that's the thing is, I think perspective is a big issue in this film. Um, from like what I was, and I, maybe it's just like, I wanted this to be deeper than it actually was. And I and that might be again, I like, I, 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 I prefaced every single one of my criticisms of this movie as like a, as like a, it's a perspective thing I, I, like because it's, it's hard to argue with that i mean it's just like it's like not in terms of you can't argue with it i'm saying you totally can it's but it's like your perspective on this as opposed to me like my feeling going in was like i wanted this to be deeper than what it gave me yeah i'm not telling you you're wrong i'm i i felt differently and there's nothing wrong with that i know i never said you didn't going with jesus why do we always do this <laughs> <sighs> bobby jesus i mean so ah uh, <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's score it. All ben, right. what do you give? What do you give a light between two oceans? Well, first I'll just quickly say that uh, for Jack's later search purchases, uh, the lighthouse is called the Cape Campbell Lighthouse uh, in, in South Island, New Zealand. So enjoy lots of lighthouse porn, fellow lighthouse. <laughs> Ocracoke. Everyone, look um, up. I will rate Ocracoke Island yeah. and the lighthouse. There, it's an <laughs> island in North Carolina. It's a big white dildo, and it's amazing. <laughs> Been up inside it. It's just, yeah. Oh, my God. So while I, I definitely would rate the Lighthouse Photography a 10 out of 10, I'm going to rate the uh, film a 7 out of 10. Um, it's very good. It's a, it's, I, I still wish for better for Derek C. in France. I don't think he's quite made his masterpiece yet, but he's a very, very interesting filmmaker. I think the way he works with actors, I think the... Uh, the way he uses cinematography, the way he structures his films a lot of times, not so much this one, but the other ones, and uh, the way he kind of focuses on human drama is very interesting. He's a, he's a director I'm always going to want to see his next film, so this doesn't change that at all, which is very good. But yeah, it, it, it is, I think, that problem still I have with the clash between trying to be more of a ethereal, sort of just uh, aesthetic-driven movie versus a plot-driven movie. I think that clash just doesn't quite work, and I don't think we re- meet Rachel Wise late enough to kind of give her character the due that she deserves and uh, the the ending kind of bothers me so maybe I would have rated a little bit less but I, I think uh, in terms of plot it's probably more of a 6 out of 10 but uh, just the etherealness and the beauty and the moments yeah, at work and yeah. particularly the, the love between uh, Alicia Vikander and Michael Fassbender is very authentic because it, it was real and it does come across on screen it's, it's a really beautiful sort of first hour that I just want to live in and second hour that's that's interesting it gets more plot heavy but maybe this doesn't nail it 100 percent. so seven yeah. out of ten huh. okay yeah bobby you're up next uh, i'm gonna give it a seven and a half out of ten um I, I i did really enjoy this movie um i i think it is it is just a 
beautiful film. The um, the the shots in it, the cinematography of it, the location of it, the uh, the music that they use with the single piano playing um, throughout most of the quiet moments is just gorgeous and um, plot specific, which I really enjoyed. Um, I did think that the ending was abrupt and they needed to spend more time living in that moment. Um, but I also, you know, it, it was a two and a half hour film, um, so you gotta gotta make cuts somewhere. Um, I do think the the plot is uh, compelling, and I think it's warm, and um, it, it's both uh, heartwarming and heartbreaking at various points in the film. Um, it is a little plot heavy, um, which I think is sometimes a disservice with how it's like it's trying. It, it, it's an art film, but it also is a very plot dialogue driven art film, and I think that kind of prevented it from really pushing home some of the symbolism that I think Jack was craving. Um, and I do agree that that was probably its greatest fault. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, yeah, seven and a half. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm gonna uh, before before I ask, it's just like you both hated, you both disliked the ending, right? But did did you guys think this movie was a little long? Yeah, a little, yeah. A, little a little bit. So yeah. A little bit yeah. yeah, it was a little long, and it cut off a little early. It was weird. I I felt I had the, I had this. Well, uh, well, the thing is, they cut off. It, they cut off and just her on the boat. Like it, it would have been fine, but then they went to a new generation, and it was like, oh wait, what? Oh, yeah. we're still going. Like it was like it's sort of the Lord of the Rings ending, where it's like anyone's endings could work as the ending. So each time you get to another one, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. cool. It's like, like yeah, these and some of the and some of the even the the earlier endings might have even worked uh, quite a bit quite a bit stronger. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, when I heard people say that it was Nicholas Sparksy, that's when I felt like totally because it's like old man mm, reflecting on his past. That is, like kids, that is, you know, like that's where it gets that is that, Nicholas like. Sparks would have been great metaphor fodder. I should have thought of before we started this episode. Yeah, that, <laughs> I want to try our best not to mention him, but I had to. Uh, yeah, I, I no, know no, what no you, that makes a lot of I sense. Know what, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give it a six point five, and every point of that has to do with light lighthouse porn <laughs> um, it's it's just i i mean I, I think that there's more to this movie that i want to be there um, i agree with bobby that it's a very it's a very it's a very beautiful um story tragic story um it's a beautiful tragedy um i fucking hate that term um but 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 it's descriptive here um and and i i enjoy the way things are set up and the way it is and god damn like if you want to get an erection to somebody like writing letters damn (laughs) (laughs) this movie makes letters look spicy (laughs) like (laughs) i'm just saying in terms of like spicy period letter writing oh alicia vikander i was like damn i want them to make babies and then you go oh that's right You wanna, it's not funny. If you want to see real beautiful missionary sex? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> and also, I was going to say there was a lot of sex in this movie. Like, yeah, like that first little, that first little. I don't know. Like they were, they were so in love. It was almost. I think that. I think that's the thing. Is like, it's like a fall from grace movie. It's a guilt movie. There's a lot of powerful themes there. Um, I just don't know what the movie's point or overall reaching point, and that might have to do with the fact like there's a lot of movies and stuff that i like i will i don't know if i like it till the end because the point has to tie up the themes and i think that's the thing is the ending left me cold and i think that now i don't know where to go with all these feelings and strengths it does do an excellent job and i'll agree with bobby on this of raising these feelings in me and 
caring me about with all these themes and things, but because they don't twist perfectly at the end, um, it doesn't, wow, fuck, fuck my alarm ruining my point. Um, but <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't converge for me and because it doesn't converge, it wastes a lot of time. But again, I mean, a 6.5 is still a very, very, very strong recommendation for me from my score system specifically. Um, but that's going to bring us all out to light between oceans. It's going to be a perfect seven from the movie gang podcast. Well, seven's not perfect. It's not That's a good. perfect seven. <laughs> it's a perfect representation. I mean, I thought, yeah, well, I no, it was because, like, you gave it a seven, I gave it a 6.5, and Bobby gave it a 7.5. Yeah. So we're like, there's like this, Averages. you know, it comes the, together well. The math I was able to even do in my yeah. head. So that te- that's what perfect means <laughs> like, that's probably that's i was between a 6.5 and a 7 and i was like man if i go 6.5 um, that math is gonna be mm, that's some good math <laughs> <laughs> all right bets for next week next week we're going to see Ooh, we have snowden on the list Eek. um is there any anything Life better coming out ben like <laughs> Oh, we we looking at possible, <laughs> just okay, like mid cast. I'm like, uh, I don't really want to go see Snowden. Let's figure something else out. Um, but let's do. We could do Blair Witch, but I don't know if it's yeah, gonna yeah. be that interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be interesting. Um, ugh, I don't want to see Blair Witch. Anyways, um, you can tell when I don't plan to we'll figure this out ahead of time. <laughs> All right, um, let's take a bet from. Mm, my personal life. Oh God! I oh, get gosh. about, on average, um, to my main. Um, and again, I work at Duke University. I get roughly a <laughs> hundred and forty emails a day. Good yeah. Lord! So, and I average about roughly a thousand emails a week. So. Knowing that, and that's about the average, and that's a base average, and it depends. And uh, knowing that uh, we just had a conference today, and so I'm everyone's going to want their video projects to make. How many emails do you think I will have had this week by the next Movie Gang podcast? And I will abstain from this one. Overall. I will abstain from this one so that, uh, you know, because obviously I have an advantage here because I'm used to my email profile. Got it. Okay, so yeah, overall, overall. overall. Next week. So it just it just depends on like how bad the post conference email uh, gorge is going to be. So <laughs> I, I will say it will be a gorge. Like, uh, man, Monday is going to suck. <laughs> so, how many? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go full grand. Full a thousand. thousand emails this it's week. Full. From and it's from Monday morning at at, at midnight Monday morning, uh, all the way to uh, Sunday when we next record. All right, full thousand. I'm gonna say twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Okay, that's good. I'm expecting you to uh, have a bad week. It. it yes, yes. It will indeed. <laughs> 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 and and the best part is this is gonna be one of those bets like like because I've totally forgot about last week's bet that just happened like <laughs> i like i like forgot and I, I went back and listened to the cast to remember and i was like oh god this is a terrible bet um it's not as bad as this bet but <laughs> i don't think anything is as bad as as bad as this bet i will come up with better bets uh next next week uh jesus 
Uh, but for last week, we asked um, what was going to be the uh, intake by the next Movie Gang podcast for Kubo and the Two Strings. Now, we were off for Labor Day. We didn't actually expect to be off for Labor Day, so we were actually entirely wrong about that. And that was my bad. Um, so what's going to happen here is that we're going to actually take it from the previous. So we, you're actually able a, a good, useful website, and we don't we, we're not actually uh, sponsored by them. But uh, you know, you should go check out Box Office Mojo. Um, sponsor, not sponsoring the Movie Game Podcast. Please, Box Office Mojo, sponsor us. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I know. You know, Sean's not here to tell me that's a tort. Um, but anyways, <laughs> apparently it is. Uh, he's like, you should really cut that the fuck out. <laughs> anyways, um, but the point is, we bet last week um, th- whether or not Kubo and the Two Strings would make back its production budget and how close to it it would get. Um, and we bet like we bet entirely in numbers and not how close to the sixty million it would do to get back. We bet worldwide. Kubo and the Two Strings two weeks on is only at forty nine million and is still not made back its production budget, um, which is very sad um, <laughs> for me personally but <laughs> yeah it's off the rails but at the time what was the number again ben so is it 38 million ben who was not on the cast gave his bet to us right afterwards and you were at a solid 42 million you were the lowest low ball and you won <laughs> ben you have the rights and responsibility to close out the movie gang podcast and promote all that you see and all that we have and you must also you also have the right to go ahead and uh you know do your own rant or talk about anyone in the podcast that you disagreed with so go ahead take it away uh, all right well i'm gonna uh, i'll just quickly first say that if you're not watching the show you're the worst you gotta watch this show it's one of the best shows great dark comedy about cynical people in love it's awesome and if you're into redheads one of the most gorgeous redheads in the world is in it so watch that show so do we need another rant about the Phantom Menace? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, what, show? what show? <laughs> I'm gonna what show? Give, uh, 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 I'm going to give. What show? Incl- I just, there's one specific No, no, Ben, 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 hold on, hold on. What uh, what show are we talking about? What? Oh, you're the oh, worst. Oh, you're the worst is like the, the name of the show. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, sorry. No. Yeah, you're Keep the worst. Keep going. Can't, you can't do that to me. Like redheads and you like drop that bomb and you're like, oh, Jack. Oh, dude. I'm not watching. Yeah, you don't understand. You don't understand. Okay. You're going to love the show. Go ahead. Um. So... My rant about the Phantom Menace is there's one thing that has always bothered me about the Phantom Menace, and it's not what you think about it. Uh, we all know, infamously, that Anakin Skywalker builds C-3PO. Now, yes, this is indeed very stupid, because it's a dumb prequel thing where everything has to be connected down to the dumbest little things. But here's my point. If you're going to do something that stupid, why is it C-3PO instead of R2-D2? This has been something that I realized a few months ago, and it's been bothering the crap out of me, and I just need someone to hear it. So this is my platform. Think about it. Anakin Skywalker wants to be a pilot. He wants to go into space. Wouldn't he build an astromech droid? We already also happen to know that R2-D2 and the other ones has crazy magic powers, can always seem to get out of trouble, and has the plans for the Death Star, and helps him blow up the Death Star, which makes it even more beautiful. C-3PO is just a dumb, prissy character who... Well, he's a great character, don't go on that. But he's a prissy weakling who can't do anything with his arms and can only translate languages, which seems like Anakin understands all the languages anyways. So why did he build him? It's just, oh, George Lucas, if you're going to do this thing, you're going to be dumb, and you're going to have this stupid interconnected thing, just pick the right Troy. Just pick the right one. It's my only issue. All right. That's my rant. 
I don't get why it wasn't R2-D2 if you're going to make that stupid decision. So, that's my rant for the Movie Gang Podcast. We are part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can check out all of our shows on TuscanShed.com. We have a new anime show. Jack, tell us about the So we're show. currently doing a new anime show. It's, it's every week we're going to do Animania on Wednesdays, um, whenever the fuck I can get it up. Um, and we go through and we just uh, we review. We're going to do a couple things. We're So anime tends to go in four seasons. And we go through and we review currently airing anime shows. And then we go back at the end of the season and review shows we've seen, and as well as shows in the past that we've liked. Um, yeah, that's uh, Animania. It's a, it's, it's a freaking blast. And if you watch more anime you can get more of my metaphors like this uh like because there was too many of them today on uh, <laughs> on this show so i'm mixing things because we're recording things at the same time now so that <laughs> yeah i would say that was the other show <laughs> <laughs> so yes definitely check out animania we also have geek space nine goes up every monday we also took labor day off but uh be one next monday or whenever that was uh, so definitely check out that. We are talking about the Star Trek classic show, Deep Space Nine, episode by episode. We also have an episode by episode review of the new season of Game of Thrones called Feast for Bros. It will be back for the final, final season, which will be very sad. And a very good show in its own right. And then we also have Save Point, which is our uh, bi-weekly podcast about video games. Mm-hmm. That uh, We just did an episode on the PS4 Pro, so be sure to check that out. Uh, we had a really interesting, if very depressing, discussion. <laughs> Jack got Jack bummed himself out hard. That, that episode that was probably That's, the most depressed I've ever gotten on a podcast, like openly. I was just <laughs> you, you just got, I sadder just got and like sadder. I like I like ranted and really then thought about awesome. my own rant and was like, oh, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see me be we kind of like just ended too we're just like uh it, no we like uh, we were like we bye. i feel like i depressed you guys out like you didn't disagree with anything i said you're like oh there's no argument that sucks <laughs> yeah totally. like i really we really totally. needed to somebody be coming and was like no the ps4 pro is awesome because and we're like no no it's not it's not awesome <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to check out all of our shows on tuscanshed.com you can also get pretty much all of them on stitcher you can get them on itunes be sure if you do get us on itunes or even if you don't uh like and subscribe and rate and review us on there it does indeed help people find the show there are algorithms that take those things into advantage and uh you know the right review and the right amount of uh, stars could help get us a lot of new listeners which would be really really awesome so in the meantime we want to say thank you for listening and we'll see you next time for some movie we haven't decided yet <laughs> bye everybody <laughs>